Thank you for visiting Crossland Community Church. We are located in Terre Haute, Indiana. For more information, please visit us online at coccchurch.com. Let's listen to one of our Sunday morning messages. Let's jump into margins. Have you ever, have you ever, do you, do you watch the Animal Planet ever or some of those shows where they show, um, I mean, we don't get to watch the Crocodile Hunter anymore because quite honestly, he ran out of margin, to be honest with you. He got too close. He, he, he kept watching him and thinking, man, one of these days, something's going to bite him or scratch him or eat him. And, you know, you, you, I just was always hoping, I hope I don't see this on television, you know. He's messing with rattlesnakes and things. And so you, you watch programming like that, and what is it in us that makes us want to watch that? We, we like to watch programs where people get pushed to the edge. The Animal Planet had a, a program on, I, I can't remember the name, it's a series, and it has to do with like me- medical snake emergencies or veterinarians or something like that. But they were showing these guys that kept black mamba snakes. Just talk to Mark Cameron. He grew up in Africa. He can tell you all about black mamba snakes and how nasty they are. But this guy kept them in his house, and he fed them, and he played with them, and he'd get them out, you know. And Well, one day he made some kind of mistake, and <clears throat> something happened when he reached into the pen, and this black mamba got him and I don't know how they work I don't know whether it was like a series of strikes or what it was all I know is that when he got struck by that black mom and I want to say this was in Florida the people who respond to that emergency who carry the anti-venom to be able to give to him to make sure he lives were like hours away and not only were they hours away they were on another call and there's only so many of them I mean you know you know I doubt Terre Haute seriously even has an anti-venom team anywhere in the in the whole county but but in Florida, I guess that they do. But these guys, you don't plan on having two responses at the same time. These guys are far away from where this guy is, and they need to get to him to give him this antivenom. And I'm watching this show, and they're, they're describing how, um, you know, th- this venom attacks the central nervous system and all the things that it did to his body. And, I mean, even to this day, he's got scars, physical scars, not from snake bites, but from what that venom did to his body. It literally almost turned him inside out I, would be the best way to describe it. What is it in me that made me want to watch that program? that made me want to watch this guy go up to the edge of what is acceptable and, and you know, normal. When we watch things on television like um, some of the programming that's out now, the, the, most, the most popular programming on television is reality television. Why is that? It's because we like to see people get pushed to their limits. I, I just saw an ad yesterday for the upcoming Survivor. I think it's in China. And they popped the lid off of some hideous thing on a plate all I heard was feathers and wings and they're going to make these people eat this stuff and I'm thinking you know I don't want any part of that what is it in us that make and my dad (laughs) my dad structures his life around reality television big brother and you know survivor and he knows all their names and you know I mean when I go visit him at his house it's all scheduled we eat around these programs you know it's like we got to hurry up and eat that and price is right He, he never missed price is right although I don't know now it could be all different now but but dad orders his life around reality television and I just sit back in amazement and just like I'm just like dad do you have a life I mean do you but that's the most popular programming on television think about um 
there's two different guys that do this and I just was informed by Tanner this week if he's telling me the truth you can verify Tanner's remarks to me but in our house we like to watch Survivor Man and Man vs. Wild have you ever seen either one of those programs where they drop these two guys into the middle of nowhere and they've got cameras and that's it and they basically live off the land and, and they're going to be there like this dude lives in Alaska for a week, you know, by himself, no food, no. They drop him off and they say, we'll get you in a week. And all he's got is his equipment to watch. Tanner told me this week that one of those guys died. Is that true? Has anybody heard that? Tanner says one of them dehydrated in the desert somewhere. And now that they don't, they don't have Survivor Man, now all we have is Man versus Wild because he pushed his limit too far. What is it? that makes us want to watch that. And we've, in our house, we have sat at at night, right before the kids go to bed, and watched Survivor Man, just in complete amazement. It's like, he is, no, he's really going to cross that stream with all those alligators in it. Or no, he's really going to eat that bug. He really is. Or he's going to freeze to death. We watch it, we're locked in, and, and what draws us to it, I think, is we like to see people pushed up to the limit. But here's the thing. Nobody likes to see a friend live their life at a limit. Nobody likes to see a friend of theirs live their life in such a way that they, 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 uh, everything they do is stressed out. They walk around all the time. They're not really walking around. They're running around and they're scatterbrained and, and they're, they're, they can't think of anything and they can't get anything done and they, 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 they don't get where they're supposed to be because they live at their limit, because they have no margin, because they've gotten to this place where, where they're on the run all the time. Nobody wants to see somebody live in such a way that they never have money. You maybe know somebody, this may describe you, and you feel like, man, there is never money left over at the end of my month. Why is there never money left over? It's because you're living your life without margin. You're constantly late when you go somewhere. It's like, why, why am I always, you know, why does it, when I see trains, why do I get mad? It's because probably you've timed this thing out, you know exactly how long it takes you to get there on time, and you didn't account for the train. It's the same thing that's going on when you tell your kids. When they get their driver's license and you say things like, they say, boy, I've got got a job and I can pay for my car and I can pay for my insurance. And you say, can you pay for the tires? Can you pay for the gas? Can you, when the water pump goes out? You're them that life is going to bring with it these unexpected things. And what you're really saying in another way is, have you considered that you need margin, that you don't, you don't need just enough to be able to pay for your insurance and your car? There's other things that are associated, other costs, sometimes unseen costs associated with owning a car, and you try and help your kids to understand that. We have schedules full of stuff. It's no fun to watch a friend who's, who's so pushed to the limit financially that, that you, you wonder, you know, what day are they going to walk in and say, I, I declared bankruptcy today because I couldn't do it. And what we know is that we have to have margin. And, and it's fun to see people on, on Survivor or something like that. It's fun to see somebody get pushed to their limit a little bit. But when you watch a friend go through that constantly, or if it's you yourself, you know how draining that is. You know um, how hard life can be if you don't have margin. You know, I hear all the time people talk about going to church and not getting anything out of it. I can tell you this. I can tell you that if you come to church today and you listen to this message and you don't get anything out of this, you're not living in the real world. Because you live in a culture that pushes you to a place of no margin. You live in a culture that highly values a life with no margin. You're constantly pushed to do more, to get more, to gain more, to maximize, to produce. That's what this culture is all about. And so 
we're, we're, we're determined to do something about it. And so I, I may never preach a more significant series of sermons uh, for practical living than what we're about to engage uh, you in in the next several weeks. If you don't have margin, that space between where you are and what you could potentially do, there's going to be a problem. There's going to be a problem emotionally, financially, relationally, morally. There's going to be a problem. The truth is we live in a culture that pushes us to our limit. They do it all the time. We think we have to live there. And over the next several weeks, I hope to take us away from there. In fact, God invites us away from all of that. God invites us to a place that is not defined by got to go, got to be, got to do, got to have, got to earn, got to make. He calls us back. He says, come on, come on. You've, you've gotten too close to the edge, and in the, in the process of getting too close to the edge, you have completely destroyed your life, and you can't enjoy me the way I was meant to be enjoyed, and I really can't enjoy you the way I want to enjoy you as long as you've pushed yourself out to the outer edge. For the sake of this series, let's define margin. I'm going to give you two definitions. The first one is this, the amount beyond what is actually needed. An amount beyond what is actually needed. Now, if I wanted to drive this point home this morning, I could really have done it. You'd have walked in here this morning, and, and all the, there would be no aisles. We'd have run everything right out to the edge. It had been really crowded. I'd have made sure that there weren't enough seats so that we, we took seats out and everybody would have to sit real close together. See, the way you've even situated yourself this morning tells me that you understand on some level margin because you want personal space. You don't like to go to the theater or you don't like to go to the ball game and have somebody sitting right up next to you unless it's your wife or your girlfriend or your husband or someone that you're close to that you know. I mean, typically, we will provide for ourselves. It's, it's, it, you know, when you read a book, out on the edge, there's the margin. If I gave you a book to read and I ran the print all the way out beyond the edge of the, the book, you, and I said, read that for me, you would hand that book back to me and say, I can't read that because you, you would never really know when to go to the next part of the, to the next sentence. We, when we look at a book, we expect that margin to be out there. And if it doesn't have a margin, it kind of wigs us out a little bit. When you're on the interstate, they don't make a lane on the interstate just wide enough for your car. Can you imagine if that's the way the interstate was made up? That, that instead of uh, the, the lane being 12 feet or, what, I don't know, 15, whatever it is, it's just the width of your car. And you're going three lanes through Indianapolis trying to make sure that you don't bump somebody else. Does that make the stress? I mean, you go through Indianapolis now, and the lanes are pretty wide, and it stresses you out. Can you imagine if they limited all that? You know what it feels like when you go through those, those um, man-made concrete barrier things that they put up during construction times? and you've got a semi on one side and you've got one of those barriers on the other and you're thinking, I do not have enough margin. What does that do to you? Makes your stress level go up. So defining margin is an amount beyond what is actually needed. We like our personal space. Definition two, margin is the space between our current performance and our limits. It's the space between our current performance and our limits. Margin is this. Margin is running and not running as hard as you can run. I'm told that when you run as hard as you can, you will not run as fast as you do when you run at 90 or 90 percent, or 90 or 95 percent. Did you know that? That if you will just, a, a, a running coach will tell you oftentimes, back off just a little. Don't press so much. Relax yourself. 
and, and, and don't push it all the way to the limit. Now, there's certainly a point when you're racing where you push everything to the limit, but think of a marathoner. Does a marathon runner start the race and run as hard as he can go for the whole race? No, you've got to pace yourself. You've got to have a margin. You've got to have this place, this, this place where at the end of the race, when it, when it comes time to push, if you're, if you're going to try to win at the very end, then you might push out. Then you might go a little harder, but you can't do that the whole time. That's what margin is. Margin is when you don't run as fast as you could. Margin is when you get someplace 10 to 15 minutes early. How many of you are, are that kind of person? I'm going to get where I'm going to go, and I want to be there and be able to relax, find a good seat, just kind of, you know, take it easy. And then you've got others who it's just nonsense, isn't it? I mean, you're, you're never on time. You're going to be late for your own funeral one of these days. Margin is getting into an argument with your spouse and knowing that you have the emotional headroom to have that argument. What do I mean? It means that you know when you get into that argument that you guys are solid enough that you can have a good argument and not worry that you're going to end up in divorce. That's what margin is. But have you ever gotten into an argument with your spouse and thought to yourself, man, I'm afraid that at the end of this argument we could be done. It could be over. I'm, I'm afraid that, that I don't have the emotional headroom that it takes with her right now to be able to survive this argument. If, you, if you've ever been there, you've got a relationship that doesn't have margin. Margin is the space between our current performance and our limits. We like margin on a highway. We like margin in a book. There's something about us that needs it in the critical areas of life. And yet we live in a culture that is constantly pushing us and trying to get us to a place where we don't have it. Most of us uh, fall into that trap. And when we do, the, the circumstances, the outcome of living a life without margin, the outcome is very, very predictable. If you live a life without margin, I'm going to tell you, and as I go through this, you're, you're, I doubt seriously you're going to argue with anything I'm going to say. This isn't rocket science. I'm really not saying anything that you really don't already know. But as we go through this, I think you're going to say, yep, that's exactly right. The first thing that happens when, when you uh, start to lose margin in your life, the stress level in your life goes up. That's the first thing that happens. Stress level goes up. As your margin decreases, your stress level increases. There is a direct correlation between those two things. You don't have margin, guaranteed, stress is going to go up. A lot of you know this because you live and work around Terre Haute. And you set out to go somewhere, and you had just enough time to get there, and you think, oh, it's going to be great. I got 10 minutes to get there, and, and things are going great. And then you look up, and you see it. The dreaded dual lights on the gate as the gate comes down. And you start thinking to yourself, uh-oh. I thought I had enough time to get there. I was going to be on time. Now this train's come along, and I'm not going to be able to get there. And as, as you start watching the, the big hand get closer and closer to the 12, and you realize I'm supposed to be there at that time, and you watch that go up, what happens in your car? You talk to the train. You get mad at the people who run the trains. You know, do you, do you, do you say what I say? They ought to fine them. It ought to cost them money to be able to do this. And when the train stops, and you're sitting there looking at a stopped train, and you're watching your clock, and you're thinking, I'm going to be late. Why does this always happen to me? You're living your life in a place with no margin, and the stress level goes up. As you lose margin, stress level goes way up. If you're the one who keeps the checkbook, 
You know what's in that check. You know how much money you've got. And then your spouse comes in and says, hey, honey, what do you think about going away for the weekend? And you go ballistic. You, you freak out. And they say, what is wrong with you? And you say, do you have any idea how little money we've got? They say, every time we bring up money, you, you freak out, you wig out. Why is that? It's because when there's no margin, the stress level goes through the roof. You're in a dating relationship. And that guy's pushing you to do things, and you know you shouldn't do them, and you know God doesn't want you to do them. And every time, you, you like the guy a lot. But every time you're around him, and he starts to push you physically, the stress level goes up. And you think, man, I like him, but why, why am I always so tense when I'm around him? It's because your margins are decreasing, and it's driving your stress level up. You were designed to live with margin. And you were not designed to live at your limit. The second thing that happens as our, as our margins decrease, the second thing that happens is our focus narrows. Our focus narrows. We become very self-centered, and we're focused. We, you know, All of our focus and all of our energy is really on us and what we're about. We don't really have time for anybody else. As our margin decreases, we really don't have time to think about anybody else. We become very focused in on what our needs are and what we want. And can you imagine what that does to a marriage? When you focus in on you and you're not thinking about your, your marriage partner, it's not a good thing. When, when, you are so, uh, when you have so little margin that you focus in on you to the exclusion of your kids or to the exclusion of your job or to the exclusion of your spouse, you can see how that could cause problems in your, in your life. When I'm speaking up here, every now and then I'll do this. I'll get a little too close and I'll stand, my toes will get right over the edge. And whenever I do that, there's always you have to know that there's always a sub-conversation happening anyway I mean I'm talking to you and then underneath that there's a whole other conversation sounds something like this oh they're here I didn't see them walk in the door oh they're not smiling they don't look happy this morning you know I mean there's all kinds of stuff like that going on up here the whole time or I'll see somebody I'll think oh I want to talk to them when church is over and so I can generally do that and my, the real key is to make sure that those two things don't cross and that the wrong thing doesn't come out. That, that'd be really, really bad. I can do that pretty well, but, but what I've found is if I ever get too close to this edge, I get really focused on, oh, hey, Brett, you need to back up just a little bit. And there are times, you've seen it happen, there are times when I'll see somebody or something will cross my mind that I know I can't say and I have no margin and I focus in and I have to stop and I might get lost or I might have to, find my place again because as we lose margin one of the things that happens is we get very self-centered and very focused in on what it is that we are about and and when that happens for me up on this stage one of the things that I have to do is is kind of get really honed in on this to the exclusion of a lot of other things that as a public speaker I would want to be able to do it's a problem third thing that happens when margin decreases is that relationships suffer as your margin decreases, your relationships are going to suffer. Mark it down. If you look around, you say, man, why is it that every relationship I have seems to be in the tank right now? The reason is you have no margin. You got no time for relationships. As margin decreases, so does the health of every relationship you have. Because again, if you're selfish, if you're focused in on you and you're so thinking about what's going on with you, you don't have time to give to anybody else. You don't have time to help somebody else. When your spouse comes in and they're having a hard day or a bad day and you've got no margin, guess what? You can't help them. Because you're so focused on you to the exclusion of everything else. 
and we're more stressed out and we're more focused on our own situation we, than we, we just have less to give to other people. Relationships always suffer when margin decreases. If you're married to somebody with little margin, you feel like you don't ever get their, their undivided attention, don't you? You feel like, you know what? They're here in the room and their mouth is moving and sometimes even the right words come out. But they're not listening to me and, and they're really not engaged in things. Or if you are the person who has very little margin, you probably understand this when I say your kids sometimes are wondering where you are. I mean, yeah, you went on vacation and yeah, you were there for dinner, but you really weren't there. They're talking to you and you're saying things like, huh, what? Did you? I'm sorry, did you say something? And they're talking to you and they want your attention, but if you've got no margin, you've got no time for them. If you're married, a lack of margin will kill your intimacy. Kill it. Every now and then I get to a place where I'm doing premarital counseling. And, and these kids will come in and they're, and half the time it's what they are is kids. And they're, they're, they're talking about getting married. And we'll start talking about schedule and, you know, what their jobs are and what all they're involved in. And I have, you know, there have been times that I really felt like if, if, you, if you really were going to do a service to these two, you would tell them to wait. You would tell them not to get married. Now, I know better. I, I know when these couples come to me, they're getting married, okay? They, they did not come to me to tell them to not get married. They came to me to get married. But I can see it. You know, this one works till 10 o'clock, and this one goes in at midnight, and, and I say, okay, and I'll say, well, when, when's a good time for us to get together so we can talk about this? Well, there's really not a good time because he's working here and I'm working here and I'm doing this and, and they can't even find an hour to get together with me. Where are they going to find an hour to get together for one another? As, as margin decreases in your marriage, the stress level goes up. As the stress level goes up, the intimacy that you so crave in your marriage, and you look up one day and you say, what happened to the intimacy in our marriage? I'll tell you where it went. It went by way of no margin. You've got no margin, so you've got no chance to have intimacy. Intimacy happens, relationship happens in the margin of life. It happens in that place between where you're performing right now and the limit. Because if you've pushed it to the limit, the limit means there is no more room. You've got no more room to have a relationship with your spouse. You've got no more room for intimacy. Where's that going to happen? You can't nurture as a parent without margin. Your kids come in, they're having a bad day, or there's something that they're going through at school, and you're pushed to the outer edge. You, you're focused on you, and you don't have the time it takes to be able to stop down and say, you know what? They need me. They need to hear from me. They need me to pray with them. They need me to hold their hand. They need me to just listen to them for a little bit. But when we have no margin, we are so pushed to the outer edge, our kids are going to suffer because they're not getting all of us. Our culture lures us into trying to get as much as possible out of life. And in the process, we lose control. We lose control of our schedules, of our finances, of our relationships. We lose control of our morality. Now, like I said, this is not new information. I'm, I'm not up here reinventing the wheel. I mean, it, 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 I don't... We find ourselves saying, I just can't deal with it. 
You ever heard yourself say, I just, I just can't deal with it. I, you know, there's so much. And I'm so pushed to the edge that I just can't deal with it anymore. See, I just can't deal with it. Do you know what that means? I just can't deal with it means you need me to give to you emotionally and I don't have anything to give to you emotionally. I can't deal with this. I can't talk about this. When you say things like that, when you say, I just can't deal with it, what you're saying is, I'm out of margin. I'm to the outer edge. And you live your life that way for very long, and I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Your health is going to suffer. Your relationships are going to suffer. Your finances are going to suffer. Your, your relationship with God is going to suffer. When that happens, your morality is going to suffer. The question is, why do we live with no margin? Why do we allow ourselves to get to that place? Why don't we just do less? Why don't we just sell our houses and buy another house that's about two-thirds as much and have some money left over? Why don't we do that? Why don't we get out of relationships that are so stressful on us that we, we, we don't have time you know, to do the, the really important things like pay attention to our marriage and pay attention to our kids, pay attention to God? There's probably a lot of answers to that question, but I think that there's a couple that we can all agree upon. I think, first of all, if we're honest, what we would really say is one of the reasons that we we allow ourselves to get there is we're afraid. We're afraid. We're afraid of different things. I think we would all agree that that there's a fear attached to this. What is the fear? One of the fears is I'm afraid I'm going to miss out. I'm afraid that that there's going to be something that I'm going to want that I'm not going to have or I'm not going to get. I can't say no. I've got to say yes to every invitation because I might miss an opportunity to get to know somebody really well, a person who could further my career or a person that, that you know, could help me or my kids do whatever it is that I've got as a goal. So I've spent too much time and too much money and too much emotionally, and I go too far because I'm afraid I'm going to miss out on something good. And in an attempt to get as much as we can out of life, we lose control. The good life, listen to this, the good life that you want is a life lived with margin. I don't know how we would ever gauge this or measure this out, but I guarantee you if we could really put a gauge on everybody in the room this morning and find out who really is living the good life, like if, if, out of one, from, if, if everybody had a value over their head right now, one to a thousand, and, and it, the higher that number, the, bet, the more the good life you, we would be able to honestly say you were living, here's what I can pretty much guarantee you. The higher the number, the more margin would be involved. Because life was intended to be lived with margin. God made you to enjoy margin. He made you to have some space between your performance and your limit. Now, one of the other things that I think that we're afraid of is that we're afraid of falling behind. I can tell you this is, a, this is an enemy in my household. I spend most of my time in the evenings if I'm not here, which I, I, and I'll be honest with you, there are some times that I feel guilty that I'm not here more there are other times that I'm, I'm here when I shouldn't be here. But we're constantly on the run. We've got dance class, and we've got soccer class, and we've got, um, 
you know, we've got basketball and we've got horseback and we're constantly, heaven forbid that our kids not be involved in all the stuff. And we go and we do and and we're scared to death that we're going to fall behind somebody else. You know, you you talk to a parent and they're constantly on the go and you look at them and here's the thing, I, I hear parents brag about this. I mean, they talk about this like it's some kind of badge they put on their chest. Like, yeah, we got it together. We're always on the go. You want to ask the question, are you enjoying your life? I mean, do you really feel fulfilled? And they'd say, no, and I really don't have time to talk about it because i got to go somewhere. You know, I'd love to talk to you about my kids and tell you about all the stuff they're involved in, but i got to go to soccer practice. And then, I, you know what, i got soccer practice at 5, and i got to get this one to this practice at 5.30, and somehow i got to get the third one up here somehow. Don't know how that's going to happen. We're afraid of falling behind professionally. And in what we have and in what we experience, we're, we're scared to death. We're not going to have seen that movie. We're scared to death. We're not going to have, have heard the latest song or, or, you know, have been to the right party or, the right, or know the right people. Take the right vacations or travel the right way. And in our attempt to have more and do more, we end up with a life that really is not even worth living. Most of you, now this isn't true for everybody, most of you have more money now than you've ever had in your life. And you worry more now about money than you've ever worried about money in your life. Some of you have more opportunities to do things right now than you've ever had in your life, and you worry about these opportunities more than you ever have in your life. So we're afraid of missing out and we're afraid of falling behind. Here's one that some of us are afraid of, some of us more than others. This, is, this one get, bites me a little bit now and then. Some of us are afraid that we are not going to matter. That it would be the most horrible thing in the world to get to the end of my life and people not stand at my casket and say, he mattered. I think that's what sometimes we're after. You know, we've we got to leave our mark. We've got to do. We've got we to build something big. We've got to leave our mark on society and on our culture. And when we lay in a casket at the end of our life, we want people to stand at the end and say, he mattered, until the next day when it's all forgotten anyway. We're in such a pursuit of wanting other people to think that we mattered. And mattering isn't a bad thing. It's not wrong to want to matter it's not wrong to want to you know make a significant difference in your culture and in your world i mean goodness gracious this world is full of people who've made their mark and done great things but you know what i think a lot of those people probably did it with margin too i think that there's a correlation between being able to get things done and really mattering and and what kind of mark you leave you see allowing your drive for mattering to reduce your margin in life is not a success strategy that's a recipe for disaster relationally financially emotionally with your kids with your checkbook and we live at limits that are culturally and socially imposed you know, we don't know our kids, and our kids don't know us, and our marriages are stressed out, and 
financially we're stressed out and we think that in two weeks or two months or two years we're going to cross some finish line (laughs) and go I got there tell me look into your future and see if you can tell me where that finish line is for you you see a finish line for you you see a point in your life where you say when I get to that place see I used to think that it was going to be when my kids turned into teenagers I used to, you know, my sister used to say things like, when, when my kids were little, she'd say, oh, you just love them at that age. And I'd say, oh, I want them to grow up. I want them to get big. It'll be so much easier when they get big. I, I'm an idiot, pretty much. <laughs> Here's what you're going to find out when you open the Bible. And, and I need to just tell you right now, this is, if you're a visitor with us, typically when, when you see slides on this, this, the walls, we're putting scripture up there. This is a very rare day when we, I'm not using one passage of scripture today. We will in, the, in future weeks, but, but today we aren't. So it's, it's kind of weird. I'm setting a lot of things up today. But, but I think you would agree with me that everything I'm talking about is, is biblically based. Would you agree with that? I mean, this, God supports these ideas. I think when you open the Bible, one of the things you see is God saying, come on back. Come on. You, you, you've gotten too far out to the edge and you're going to get hurt out there, and I'm calling you back. I'm calling you back to safety. I'm calling you back to a better place. You're out there doing some things that are going to be detrimental to your marriage. You're out there doing some things that are going to be detrimental to your, tech, your checkbook, to your kids, to your relationship with me. You need to come back. You, you've gotten way too close to the edge. And where you're living, I think God would say sometimes, where you're living is unsustainable. You can't do that forever. It may be sustainable for you, but it's not sustainable for your wife. It may be sustainable for you, but it's not sustainable for your kids. God would say, come on back. You've allowed the culture to push you to a limit, and you can't stay there for long without consequences. And I think God would say, it's not going to make you more successful, and it's certainly not going to make you more happy it amazes me to watch and I've fallen into this trap myself well if I just get that or if I can do that or press to that place and we, we just I, I'll be totally honest with you as a pastor sometimes I think that about our church if I could just get us there if we, if we could just get right there man all the problems will all go away no they don't whether we want to admit this or not and we're going to talk about this next week all of us have limits we have financial limits you're only going to have in your lifetime your hands are only going to touch so much money you only have so many seconds there's an amount of time that you've been given you are limited that needs to just go out and hover and settle down on you and me you are limited you only have so much you can only do so much you can only be one place at a time we may try to be three at one time we can't God created us as a limited people we all have limits do you know what that means it means that God has a plan and an approach for how we are to live life means that God's got some idea. Because we're limited, God has an idea about how he wants us to be. 
and he's going to call us to live within limits what we know about god is this you have been created by god to be a relational being you were not created as a robot you, you weren't created to just you know mechanically go through life you were created for a relationship you know I used to when I was a youth pastor I used to teach the kids all the time what's the purpose and meaning of life to have fellowship with God and bring glory and honor to his name first part of that is fellowship with God you, you're created for a relationship with him and in the process of having that vertical relationship with him that filters out into a relationship horizontally with other people relationship as God has defined it and and set it up happens within certain limits God says you're going to be limited anyway why don't you observe the limits that I give you and live within those boundaries that's God's ultimate goal for you not mattering God's ultimate goal for you is not mattering it's not accumulating more stuff and if, if your relationships are suffering today, it is because you have chosen limits that are, that are too close to the boundary and, and you don't have time. And they're outside God's choices for you. Here's what we find when we look at Scripture. When God gave the nation of Israel the law, what he mandated was margin. He didn't wait for the Israelites to figure out that they needed margin. He determined margin for them. He said, here's the deal. Friday night is going to come, sundown Friday night, until Sunday morning. No work. Don't don't do anything. There's a 24-hour period of time there where I don't want you to do anything. He said, I'll go you even one better than this. Yeah, how are we going to get our work done? You'll get your work done. But you take that time and you have margin. God mandated it. He said, I'm not just going to stop there. I'm going to tell you that there's certain times I don't want you to plant on the ground. I don't want you to plant a crop because your ground needs margin. Your ground needs a time to recover. And he said, where, are the, where are we going to eat? Trust me in this. I'm telling you, I'm trying to show you that you need this space between where you're performing and what the limit is. There's got to be this headroom. He said, I'll go you one better than that. I don't want you to live on 100% of your income. I want you to live on 80%. He said, I want you to take 10% and invest it in the temple. I want you to take 10% and give it away to needy people. Create for yourself margin so that, and and then you know what? Once you take care of those things, that other 80%, it's yours to do with what you think's fit. But observe margin. That was the law. God mandated it. And the Israelites said, God, we don't like margin. So we're not going to observe financial margin or time margin or relational margin. God said, that's fine. If that's the way you want to do it, that's fine. You, you, think that, you think that you're just going to tell me how this is going to be, that you're not going to observe margin, you're, and, and you're just going to do it however you want to do it. Okay, Babylonians, come in here. Take care of these guys for the next 70 years, and they live for the next 70 years of their life as slaves to the Babylonians. God says, you're telling me that you don't have time? I can make time for you. You, you talk to somebody right now who's, who's pushed to the limit. You know, you see them. You see that they eat poorly. They're on the run all the time. They've got no time for anybody else. You think, that dude is about, you know, three tacos away from a heart attack. You say, you better slow down. I don't have time to slow down. God says, I can give you plenty of time in a hospital bed 
and give you all kinds of margin if that's what it takes to get your attention. I think God would say, you're so afraid that you're going to fall behind. I think he would say, trust me, I created economy. I created calendars and clocks and schedules. I know all that stuff. I made time. I made your body. I made your mind. I know what your psyche and your will and your mind needs in relationship. And then one day Jesus showed up and they said, Jesus, you know, what's the most important commandment? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And they got ready to walk off. And he said, and, and oh, by the way, love your neighbor as yourself. Wow, that's, that's going to take time. I'm going to have to retool if I do that because I, right now I don't have time to do that because I got dance class and drum lessons. And I think Jesus would say, well, that's fine. You know, you do all that stuff, but you make sure that you leave time to love the Lord your God and that you, you're able to love your neighbor. And if you're not able to love the Lord your God the way you want, the way you know you should, and you're not able to have any time to be able to do something, serving somebody else somewhere, guess what? You don't have enough margin in your life. One of the things you're going to see as we go through this is that as you squeeze margin out, what you're really doing is you're squeezing God out. As you, as you squeeze out margin, as margin disappears, your relationship with God is going to suffer because your relationship with God happens within the margin. It can't happen any other place. I meet a lot of people. I talk to a lot of people about the Lord, and I talk to a lot of people who tell me, I can't tell you how many times I've had this conversation. Well, you know, I used to go to church. I used to be so devout. I used to, man, I used to read my Bible all the time, and you know, I just let them go, and eventually I'll say, what happened? You know, why, why did you leave church? What, what, what caused you to... And here's what, they, here's what they never say to me. I mean, I'm sure these people exist, but I don't ever talk to these people. The people I talk to say the same thing to me, and this is not what they say to me, okay? This is not what I hear. I don't hear anybody say, well, I did an investigative study into who Jesus was and the claims of Jesus, and I, I came to the conclusion at the end of that study that Jesus really wasn't the Son of God, that he didn't raise from the dead, and that he didn't die for my sins. I've just reached the conclusion that there was no Jesus, that, that he's not real, and that whole thing's just been made up. No one ever says that to me. You know what they say? Well, I just got busy. You know, we, you know, we, were, we were doing this. We, well, I got this new job, or we, you know, we, we, we went on this vacation, and we came back, and we just, we just got out of the habit of going to church. And what they're saying, and they would never say it like this because they know better, because they know, the minute it came out of their mouth, they would go, <gasps> but what they're saying is, I don't have time for God. That's why they left church. I just didn't have time for God. God can create time for him if that's what you need. If you're working too much, that job can disappear. If you're on the run all the time, you, you could spend a little time in a hospital and God could get your attention and you could think all about it. When we drift is when our time, our money, our morality, our relationships get squeezed.
you're going to live within limits. Limits you choose. Limits the culture pushes on you. Or the limits God invites you to. Instead of being forced, why don't you just choose? Why don't you just choose to say, God, I want to I honor you with the way I live life. I want to honor you with my money, my time, my relationships. And so I'm going to uh, listen to the limits that you put on me. And I'm going to begin to honor those limits. God, here's my time. Show me in my schedule the things that need to disappear. God, here is my money. And I want this, this is not even my money, it's your money. That's really the first step is understanding it's not even your money. God, this is yours. Show me how the best use of this can be used. Lord, these are my relationships. These are my emotions. Help me to find margin. I want to I honor you in my relationships. And really what it's about is it's about I'm going to surrender I, you know, I've been clinging to this stuff and I've been holding to it and I, I, it's been really important to me and I've tried to do it my way and God, when I really look at life, my life is a mess and a large, large part of the reason why is because I've allowed my life to be pushed to the outer limit. Lord, you're calling me back. I want to come back and I want to have margin in my life. Relationship happens in margin. Intimacy with your spouse, with your kids, and with your God happen in margin. And if you don't have a good relationship with God today, I bet we could take a look at your margin and find out that you don't have any. That's where it starts. That's where we're going for the next several weeks. If you've never given your life to Christ, you need to come to him and you need to let him help you in this area of your life, finding the place between your performance and your limit. Because in that, listen to me, in that, in that headroom that you need so badly, that is the good life. That's where you're going to find the good life. Let's pray. Father, our culture is such a powerful force. We, we are seduced. We fall into the trap of getting more and going faster and doing more and being more productive and and Lord, sometimes it comes at the expense of our kids or our marriage or our job or our health or our pocketbook. I pray, Lord, that, that as we've talked about something very, very practical this morning, that you've been able to get somebody's attention, that they walk out of here and they realize, I've got to change some things. Lord, we look forward to the next several weeks, what you will do with us and what you will teach us. And I pray, Lord, that you would even now begin to prepare uh, people in this room to make very hard decisions and to do some things that aren't going to be popular with our culture, maybe with their boss or their wife or whoever, but that they would say, I've got to get a handle on this and I've got to have some headroom between my performance and my limit. Lord, ultimately, you gave us complete margin when you gave us grace. Because it's in grace that we are saved. And that happened when Jesus went to the cross for us, paid a price we could not pay. Lord, may we, may we look at that cross and see our Savior dying there and ask ourselves, what is my relationship to him? And what do I need to do to make it more and better? Because it's not that he's holding himself off from me. It's that I've held myself off from him. Father, remove every boundary, everything that gets in the way of you and me. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.
Thanks for visiting. We hope you've been encouraged. Please feel free to visit us online at clcchurch.com.